Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. It's that time of year again where we've got to try and remember everything we said in the past year and we're, a bit of what we said the year before. We're going to nail it. Yeah, because right. in no way do I, whenever we click on a previous episode to yeah. listen back to something, in no way do I ever say, I have no recollection of this <laughs> at all. I think there's certain things that your brain just blocks out. It is, has been harrowing. Yeah, because it's like, mm, let's, let's not remember that. Yeah, the sooner we dive in, the sooner we can forget all of it. Welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And also, welcome if it's your first time, because this is one of our recap episodes, and it's a good place to jump in. It's a great place to jump in. Because we're just going to try and sum up all the nonsense we've spoken in the last year, just right right here, right now. (laughs) It's going to be a hell of a summer. Yeah. uh, If if it is your first uh, episode, your first... uh, jump into the Space Jam Continuum. We did a couple of these last year, summing up the first year of the podcast. Between those and this one, mm. bring you right up to date it so really you'll would. know exactly what's going on. I, I would highly advise listening to um, the live show that we did at the end of season one as well. Yeah, so we got a, you get a little Roger Rabbit live show, then sum up everything that's happened in the Tooniverse from yep. 1937 uh, to... Uh, in the 53 now 52 uh we're 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 reasonably far in um i think it's 53 we just started i think yeah so. we might have just started 53 so you know you get you get 16 years of cartoons condensed into what probably comes to about four hours of your time yeah i mean to be honest that that is jumping in with both feet which yeah. i highly advise doing because if you're going to jump in anything don't leave either of your feet behind uh our quest of course is to uh make sure uh that uh, LeBron James is fully informed so he can take yeah. up his mantle in uh, Space Jam 2 uh, and and do it justice and really get, really get the job done. So obviously, uh, if you're listening to this and you know LeBron James, just point him to exactly what we just said. He can listen to the recaps and <laughs> yeah. he, can, he, can, he can catch up with the minutiae in his uh, own good mystical time. I mean, the, like, the thing is, is that wasn't our intention when we very first started it this wasn't. because it wasn't even on the cards. No, but like... It's it's given a it's given a tremendous sense of purpose. It to, really has to the ongoing. Well, because now it feels like we we have the ability to um, influence the future, as Absolutely. opposed to just nattering about the past. Yeah, it's it's like you know at, at first it was like you know if you don't pay attention to history, it's it's doomed to repeat itself. Yeah. And now it's like we can actively stop that. Exactly. So I think that's the first big revelation of of season two of this podcast is that Space Jam 2 is coming (laughs) and uh, LeBron needs our help. He does need our help. Uh, So, yeah, uh, just try and contact him. Try and use the hashtag help us help LeBron. uh, And, uh, yeah, just try and get get the message to the man. I think that's going to be a major theme of of season three. I think it is. We do need to push it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the major discovery, you know, that's, that's really changed the the path of the show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Quite unexpectedly, in the last year, uh, the focus has shifted in a direction we didn't think it would narratively. Um, 
Our first, uh, the first season of the show very much followed Porky Pig, pretty much. Yeah, Porky uh, the Third. And then uh, Daffy Duck and various others' efforts to, uh, to uh, stop him when he became an evil dictator of his own nation state. Yeah. Um, so we started this uh, season uh, in the tail end of that and also just after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which threw a few spanners into the works of the... The, the the workings of the Tooniverse. Yeah, well, and the the multiple Tooniverses. And the multiple Tooniverses. Um, we decided at that time we were not going to dive into the Disneyverse. It's like no. that's too much. No. We'll allow some Marooniverse in and we'll, uh, we're going to I mean, I hope it. somebody else takes up that mantle. Yeah. Like, yeah, people's negligence on that front has frankly been appalling. I know, right? I don't understand why we're not competing with, like, the Disneyverse. Yeah. Well, maybe we are, and we're just not. We don't have our fingers on the pulse. <laughs> that seems likely. Uh, um, but the uh, yeah, we're in the tail end of that. Uh, Porky Porkytopia, uh, Porky's Nation State had been uh, dismantled. Um, the many Porky doubles, yeah, um, scattered to the winds. They scattered were scattered to the winds. So, like we 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 see a lot of them sort of try and reintegrate in society in this early second season. But the uh, the main bulk of the like the main narrative arc we seem to have found ourselves following yeah uh is sylvester yeah see this wasn't the character i was expecting to be such a huge part of any of them like i knew he was a you know a reasonably big character but to be the main focus of like 50 episodes yeah i mean like so that's insane because we because when we started we had pretty porky heavy uh yeah. first year yeah but i mean you expect that because he was one of the first characters we kind of came across yeah but we got but we got a decent amount of uh mythos and lore uh cobbled together surrounding um bugs yeah and his toon lord powers and he's you know a time traveling time and space traveling uh sort of super entity yeah um but yeah so like that was the logical place i thought the focus would be shifting to yeah, especially I, seeing as like I I don't know I don't know if you you're the same really but like when I think like well who's the main Looney Tune in my mind it's Bugs Bunny yeah like like, like you're thinking Bugs Porky Daffy and <laughs> Bugs Bunny is kind of like he's top dog yeah and then you've got Porky and Daffy and we've seen sort of why we sort of think that but yeah because yeah, he this, integrates himself into everything but yeah i thought i thought he'd really be the major arc of this season yeah and if not him then daffy and although they both have had progressions through this season sylvester has been absolutely the the focus of attention sylvester yeah. and uh the um the steadily increasing maniacal villainy of uh tweety yeah and um, by proxy granny so well, yeah, granny, granny in thrall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a strange one, and it all sort of started uh, like quite early on when with Sylvester dying. Yeah. Twice in a yeah. single episode of the Space Jam Continuum. Yeah. Uh, it was intense. So we had to spend a long time sort of working out the ins and outs of exactly what the deal is there. Uh, so we had we bandied around some ideas uh, surrounding cats specifically, yes, and them having nine lives, and you know they can lose like they can. It's only when they yeah. lose the ninth one that, that it's that's, actually a that's problem. It, game over. But they do have the ability to um, within a certain time frame pull lives back in. Yeah, because we saw Sylvester like, to do that. Yeah, we saw. So in this, the first time he died in in this episode, 
uh, in this episode we're talking about, um, he, uh, yeah, he managed to pull his lives yeah, back his, in. His ninth one went, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's sort of like Dark him. Souls. You die, and if you can get back... <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can get back quick enough... You can get your souls right. back and bung them back in. Um, but then he died again in the following episode, and yeah, we just, I don't know, we suddenly realised that something's really gunning for him. Yes. Like, something very specific wants Sylvester. And that has steadily grown over the course of this season into a... Uh, uh, mind-bending, maddening, Lovecraftian sort of uh, tale surrounding, uh, yeah, the just the the creeping insanity of Sylvester. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, like we first we first kind of came across that when he basically went down into a basement and came back up white as a sheet. That 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 was when we first started going. What actually happened to Sylvester, and like you know, what is going on there? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I think that might also have been when we pinned down exactly the deal with certainly Sylvester's, uh, like, rules for death. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he Sylvester uh, sort of became Porky's cat for a while. Yeah. Um, which Porky was it? Uh, I think it was Porky the Fourth. I, I don't think, think it was Porky, Porky the Fourth because Porky because the Third's a dog. Yeah, exactly. A dog he, he, person. Yeah, he don't like cats really. Oh yeah, and Porky the Fourth was trying to divorce himself from that reputation yes. because he'd inherited it unwillingly. Yeah, he does not want to be lumped in with Porky the Third. Um. So yeah, uh, he was Porky's cat, and uh, they went to like they did. He buy the house? I think he bought the big old house. Yeah, but it was it was haunted, apparently. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it was proper run down, but. We discovered uh, a sort of cult of mice operating in this house, yeah, and although we go around with their robes and everything, yeah, they literally got robes. Like one of them had like an executioner's like hood. Yeah, uh, and yeah, they we don't know exactly what they did to Sylvester in that basement, but, but he came up, he came up literally white as a sheet. Porky, yeah. Porky didn't see any of this. He he glanced over it completely. He just thought. Sylvester was just a scaredy cat. I think that's a, that was the at least one life gone and not retrieved for yeah. Sylvester. Um, but yeah, it was at that point because we'd seen Sylvester run in, have run-ins with Tweety sort of before, but not yeah. quite taking its like iconic. But, but the last thing, like, like, like every, everybody knows, like Sylvester, the first thing you think about is Tweety, and you know you think about them. Basically, Sylvester's the bad guy because he's going after the sweet little bird. And we know full well at this point that that is not the case. No. I mean, we discovered that very early on, uh, yeah. probably before this season even, but Tweety yeah, has it an was, absurdly high kill it, count. It, it was before um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit that we discovered his massive kill count of about over 200 confirmed kills. It was over kills. 200 confirmed kills. and uh, of And Tweety was introduced like after all the wartime stuff. Yeah. So like Bugs was probably holding the record before... Um, but it was wartime. But it, it was a war. Uh, Tweety, it's just Tuesday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, there you go. I'm going to do some murdering. Um, so we're pretty sure, uh, well, beyond pretty sure at this point, that Tweety is the villain in that in yes. that, in that matchup. Oh, definitely. Uh, and Sylvester, I think after the, the cult incident in the mansion, uh, really started dedicating a lot more time to uh, the... Um, the very meticulous uh, hunting of of cultists and yes, Tweety, uh, which is himself. why he's, like he's, he's t- he seems to split his time between hunting mice and hunting Tweety. Yeah, we are pretty sure at this point that Tweety Prime, 
like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the original Tweety uh, is uh, an incredibly powerful uh, being, and that n- not all, if any, of the Tweety birds we see around at this point are Tweety actual. It's like yes. a surrogate or a, a, a sort of. Yeah, just a, a minion of some yeah. kind. That, yes. he, that he's controlling with his all-powerful All-powerful giant head, yeah. Because that's it. At one point we see um, basically Granny and Tweety, they take a cruise and it's we came to the conclusion that they're now off on an island where there's, you know, some sort of... It's probably inside a volcano, I'd imagine... <laughs> Like, you know, Dr. Evil style. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll definitely be on an island. There'll definitely be some level of tribal stuff going on on the island uh, because uh, it's not a Lovecraft story if he can't be really racist about someone. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you've got to have some but fodder for that. He's there with a giant head now, much bigger than his head normally was. Yeah. Because think, his head was always quite large. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a decent sort of... Um, like parallel to what I'm thinking of, like, like Mars I, attack, sort of like big head or bigger. Well, I I think that sort of thing, but I like I I think the body is still really small. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just like a little, like I think it's like if if uh, the Mars attack, like one of the Mars attacks aliens, yeah, uh, had tweety sized body on the bottom of that yes. head. Yeah, yeah. So like for the body, it's really big head, and I think his body's probably shriveling as well. Because he's not using it anymore. Yeah, I think it's probably sort of suspended in some sort of like pod or yeah. capsule, like a grown pod, I'm imagining, like sort of like some like almost like fungal or plant like yeah. sort of situation yeah, yeah. with sort of tendrils coming off him that he's fed by, by other stuff. Maybe they put stuff in other pods and he sucks the nutrients out of that. Yeah, um, which they- keeps his shriveled little body. Like slightly alive, like slightly alive, feeding the big. But actually, massive it's head. just feeding the big massive head. Yeah, like I don't, I don't picture the body as like on the ground. No, it's just, no, no, no. Yeah. It's just on the bottom of the head. Yes. it's a like a vestigial entire body. Yeah, it's almost kind of like if you look at um, anglerfish, like when when the male attaches to the female, the male just goes really limp, and then basically all the circulation just comes through. Yeah, like so that. so, so Tweety's like body at this point is a male anglerfish. Yeah. And his head is the female anglerfish. Yeah. Feeding. And they're in a pod yeah. on an island somewhere uh, and controlling these sort of surrogate toities around the place. Yeah. Um, Granny, we're not so sure. We don't know if Granny has returned to uh, the big city yeah. or if... Because uh, we, we know uh, at this point that Grannies are a principal part of how Tweety gets things done. Yes. Um but not necessarily the same granny. No, I, the same I, granny's often involved. Yes, but the the same granny tends to be around Tweety Prime, and I think there's more grannies. So we did come to the conclusion that the surrogate Tweeties have like an area of effect where if a granny walks into that area, like a you know ten meters like Bluetooth, then they get control over that granny, or they can suggest things, and the granny kind of does it, and they feel a protective force. Over the Tweety, which is why Sylvester keeps getting hit by Granny. Yeah, so regularly. Because- but I do think Granny, as in like the original Granny, who uh, you know we didn't see for quite a long time because she was working swing shifts at Lockheed. Yeah. But now, do you think she's back on the mainland? I think she. I think she was sent back, and I think like she's spent quite a lot of time not really knowing or recalling any of the Tweety Prime stuff. I think. I'd imagine they get. I think it occasionally comes back if she's in 
the radius of a, a, a surrogate Tweety. Yeah. But uh, other than that, it's locked away. But other than that, she just goes back to it. She just feels a bit like, oh, I've, I've, I must have, uh, you know, drifted off a bit there. I've, I feel a bit lost. And maybe, then she just carries maybe, on with her granny that's life. that's why um, he uses grannies so regularly, because it, it's easy to explain memory loss. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's probably it. And also, like, if she does remember stuff and says some batshit crazy yeah, stuff, just like, everyone will oh, be like, oh, granny. man. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, speaking of batshit crazy stuff that Granny may have forgotten, yeah. uh, I think I, an, another important sort of arc through this season has been uh, Clone Watch. Yeah, that, it, that has been a big thing. Um, so early on in... Uh, the well, since since there's started being reasonably regular Hector cartoons, yeah, uh, we've been very suspicious of the the constantly differing appearance and demeanour of Hector and the amount of toes he has, and the, and, <laughs> and also later on the amount of toes he has, um, to the point where we became pretty sure they were clones. Yeah, uh, we also realised that a lot of this um, discrepancy was happening during the Cinecolor uh, era. Yeah. Uh, and it led us down the down the rabbit hole uh, to Cinecolor being a front for a, uh, a sort of super soldier program, uh, uh, like a cloning program. Yeah, and Hector and seemed to be the prime. He- Hector's like patient, patient zero. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, we so we're always on Clone Watch. Uh, we've Especially got a good jingle. Any- we've got a good jingle for it. We have got a good jingle. Cinecolor Clone Watch. Clone Watch. So uh, that's pretty great. Um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, we, we're always on the lookout whenever whenever Hector's involved. Yeah. Whenever we see the word Cinecolor. Yeah. Uh, or just if we ever see a creature uh, with that shouldn't have bird feet, like two-toed <laughs> yeah, yeah, bird yeah. feet, and it has two-toed bird feet because. Uh, that suddenly became very telling. It was um, it was very easy, wasn't it? Because as soon as we saw Hector, it was just like, right, okay, how many toes has he got? Right, there we go. He's only got two. We know it's not him. So, I mean, we we, we, were, we were on the lookout for Clone Watch uh, and uh, ultimately thought it had been nipped in the bud when Daffy uh, basically healed the original uh, owner of the Cinecolor yeah. uh, Corporation, who we think had had his project taken out from under him while he was usurped. ill. He'd been usurped, and uh, then uh, it had gone down this sort of sinister and evil path, which he never intended. Yeah. Um, Daffy uh, used the medicine of laughter to uh, to pull him out of, the, out of that sickness, and suddenly we saw a, a, a tapering off of Clone Watch. Um, we will return to the clones, but I think we need to talk about Daffy for a bit. I think we do because like he he is quite a um, quite a big part of the story, especially um, in the early days because he was one of our first characters. Um, he was with Porky in the very very first episode, and we've seen him just come on leaps and bounds, like into into society. You know, he basically entered the society, uh, then joined the army and became a I don't know like a crack agent in. Oh, but let's get the full arc in. So D- Daffy was. Uh, like was insane. Like he was sentient, yes. but he was still hanging out. Uh, like outside of society, he was brought into society through. Uh, well, through the Pig Brother program. Yeah, uh, by Porky the Third. Uh, Porky the Third, uh, who we know was doomed to become an evil dictator. Yeah, but ultimately, uh, he was you know 
shepherded through his early days uh, in society. Uh, they were rough days, though. They were rough days. Like, uh, he was a doctor, not a good one. <laughs> like He's done all sorts. I mean, I think we can pretty much follow most of Daffy's jobs with not a good one. <laughs> but he went through all kinds of stuff, and but really came into his uh, element actually during the war. Yes. Um, where he uh, worked as pretty much one of the top uh, field agents. Well, he uh, met Hitler. I mean, he yeah, he 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 got some shit done. Yeah, like he he, he, he was real he, busy. He was like deep undercover. It was behind like him enemy and lines. Bugs. Him and Bugs were the main ones doing stuff in the war. Yeah, Bugs shouldn't have done some of the stuff he did in the war, but he did. Yeah, Porky didn't really get involved. No, because Porky uh, had his own nation state and wasn't exactly. really involved. Yeah, um, but, but after the war, um, Daffy uh, was mainly involved with trying to. Like tr- trying to save his old friend Porky the Third yeah. from this madness, uh, a task which I think it's fair to say ultimately he failed in. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is he because we saw him try different things. We tra- we saw him try and like kind of talk to his friend and try to like talk him down and bring him down, um, and then we saw him just out to assassinate him. Like there was points where he was just trying to kill him, and it was like that was how he was going to save his friend. Yeah, and then eventually it was he was just trying to dismantle. Um, Porkytopia from the inside and kind of bring it down. And ultimately, the dismantling of Porkytopia, that went down. Did. Um, yeah. I think after that, Daffy spent quite a long time trying to find Porky the Third. Yes. But because Porky the Third had so many doubles in Porkytopia, um, like every time he thought he'd tracked him down, it was just another. It was just another look yeah. like another Porky double. Porky the Third was just too good at hiding. That's the thing. Um, some of Porky the Third's doubles uh, were a bit more tenacious and a bit more dedicated to the cause because Daffy was definitely pursued by the former chief of police of Porkytopia yes. for a while. Um, but ultimately, yeah, Daffy failed on that. None, and I don't know if I, I don't recall him ever actually finding Porky the Third. We know Porky the Third is still around until like I didn't I don't recall him finding him until the until much later. Yeah, yeah. It was it was considerably later that he actually first came across him. Um at no point uh has the actions of Porky the Third uh diminished Daffy's hatred for Porky the Fourth. He hates <laughs> no. Porky the Fourth uh and any free time he has has been pretty much dedicated to tor- to tormenting Porky the Fourth. Yeah. Not not trying to kill him. No, like they just, tried once. Just but, Yeah, they tried once very early on. That yeah. was in our world. That yeah. was that that plan was a stroke of genius. It was it was fantastic. But um yeah, like he but he does just on his off days just go, I'm just gonna go and yeah. really drive Porky the Fourth up the wall. And he does a good job of it as well though, because it is Daffy. Like Daffy is really good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the greatest secret agents in the world. <laughs> With prosthetic bill. Prosthetic, he's got a prosthetic bill. His bill was blown off during the war. Yeah. Or possibly earlier. Um, and now he's got this prosthetic one. Well, let's talk about that, because at first we thought a prosthetic bill, uh, and we thought that was kind of it, because we'd seen it sort of spin around his head or get knocked off yeah. several times. But we think it goes a lot further than that now. Now, yes. he, now, he's, now he's an agent for, well we deemed early on the agency and don't really have any further name for. No. Um, but the agency, uh, for those who uh, haven't been listening to our nonsense for that long, is a uh, collaborative uh, unit between our world and the Tooniverse. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Warner Brothers are 
uh like definitely a large part of that yes. like i imagine it as a sort of doctor strange love-esque big round table and you sit alternately like you know human tune yep. human tune yeah um well because like when, we, when we've been looking through our list basically like um like robert mckimson and um charles m jones and stuff like that we, we we're, we're seeing them and we're seeing them kind of change and that's basically uh, agency members yeah so i think i director think... that's not so that i think mean director in the like film sense it's director like you know you see, I, I, so I think some of the lower ones, uh, the lower roles are more like field agent sort of roles. So I think yeah. director is probably like the highest, yes, the highest role that you don't sit at the table for. Yeah. And I think like, you know, well, obviously the Warner Brothers themselves and then producers and things, they probably sit at. Yeah. They probably Santa sit at the Claus table. Santa Claus is at the table. Santa Claus is at the table. Uh, he's an ancient lobster. Yeah, uh, he's an ancient. Uh, he's an ancient lobster, uh, and uh, he's one of the most powerful tunes in the universe. Yeah. Um, we have only managed to get some of this from like tiny little snippets, <laughs> because uh, it's I very mean, elusive. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of fear in the universe surrounding Santa Claus. Yeah, but that leads rightly us, so. That, that leads us right back to Tweety. That leads us right back to Tweety. Tweety has a little song. Yeah, uh, about the slaying time. Oh no, Sniffles had a song about Sniffle, the slaying time. Sn- Sniffles had the slaying time. Tweety has several songs in a similar, in a it, similar vein. It was though. our Christmas episode um, in season two that led us to the basically kind of unwrapping your presents being um, a very Lovecraftian thing to do, like very cultish. Yeah, like, there's a reason you don't unwrap things. On the run up to that, though, there was an important part of Sylvester's life where him and Hector became very good friends yes like they were always they, they, they were always sort of at odds but in quite a professional way before yeah but shortly before this uh sylvester and hector were real good friends real good buds uh and uh tweety and by proxy granny saw the need to drive a wedge between them yeah and did so with great success with a two-dimensional mouse assassin yes um <laughs> he was great yeah, I mean, like, all the tunes you'd think are two-dimensional, but he's two-dimensional to them. They're yes. all two-dimensional to us, but yeah. he was two-dimensional to them, and he could really get in there and cause some havoc. Um, I only bring it up because by the point where, which you're talking about in Christmas episode, uh, Hector has been recaptured. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I yeah. just wanted that in before we... Uh, oh, definitely. It, it definitely needs talking about. Um, but, I mean, back on to Daffy and his, uh, and his bill... Like when he joined the agency, like now he's a big part of the agency. We do think he now has access to a cybernetic body, which he can send out for certain bits. I think if he's on agency work, yeah, they build him an Inspector Gadget esque, uh, like robot body. Yeah. I know Inspector Gadget wasn't a robot, but you know what I mean. Like yes. he's, yeah, yeah. he's got modules. Yeah. Okay, okay, I need I need my wing that turns into a flamethrower. I need yeah. my grappling hook wing. I need And it, uh, basically I think he just pilots it all through VR. Yeah, he's just yeah, it's all a bit ready player one for him yeah. at that point. Um But when he's not on agency work, he's just got He's got his, his normal body and his prosthetic yeah, bill. Which he uses to great like power. Like he really does. Because like he takes bullets to it. Yeah. Like and all sorts. Like it's not just an ordinary sort of like fake bill it's you know it's agency souped up i was gonna say 
I was going to say that he's become very good at like, well, he's adjusted very well to his, the new sort of spatial awareness he requires to dodge yeah. stuff, but for his bill. Yeah. But I realise he already did that because that's how he got blown off in the first place. <laughs> exactly. He's never acknowledged his beak as part no. of himself. Yeah, but I mean, that's understandable. When you see him without his bill and he talks, it's horrible. It's, it's horrible. a flappy little mouth. Like, Well, I mean, like there have been times where I've sort of been... Was Daffy ever a duck? Yeah. Or was like, he a sort of... Because he looks sort of like a bowling pin yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a mouth uh, until he puts the bill on. And it's a... He just... I don't know. It's horrible. It, it, it's, it is just a really, really freaky thing to see. Yeah, but yeah. So Daffy's got a lot of the stuff and he's working for the agency, but they won't let him use the the high-level tech on, on his off days. So no, like, that's understandable. So if he's tormenting Porky the Fourth... He's yeah. got his prosthetic bill and there's nothing else. Like, yeah. you know, he's still got his squishy duck body. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of where Daffy's at. Um, but yeah, the the Christmas episode then. Like, yeah. so this gave us a couple of things. One, uh, there's a ritual involving opening your presents early. And you shouldn't do you it. You shouldn't do it. It will bring the slaying time. Yeah. And Santa Claus will be, like, I guess contractually bound to just come and just start yeah. murdering stuff. Because that's it. I think Santa Claus and Krampus are actually the same person. I you think Jekyll Hyde sort of situation. Well, I, well I, I don't think it's that lack of control. I think it's like, you know, like I say, if you open your presents early, he has to do the Krampus bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's his job. Yeah. So, so I don't think it's like a Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing where it's just like, you know, you'll transform and just go mental. Yeah. Like, I think it's I think it's like, no, nah, no, nah, like, this is this is what it says I've got to do. I'm sorry, buddy. Like, you knew the rules. That's why you put the sticker on. Do not open till Christmas. Do not open till Christmas. And That's like, what the sticker's for. It's, it's right there. Yeah. Uh, now, under these circumstances, uh, Tweety was one of the presents. Yes. Sylvester wanted to schnaffle him. Yes. Uh, Granny, at this point, had captured Hector Mm -hmm. and Hector was in a sort of feral state we don't really know how that happened some sort of but some sort of Tweety brainwash yeah Um, and a new surrogate Tweety had been delivered to Granny the original Granny this is why I think the original Granny's still kicking back in the States Um, it's like a trusted a trusted right hand yeah like um, but yeah Tweety's delivered there Uh, Sylvester basically gets caught trying to schnaffle Tweety and trying to rescue Hector, presumably. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't go very well. And Hector's, uh, Sylvester's kicked out uh, and he lives on the streets for a while. There's a lot of run-ins with a kangaroo. Yeah, I would like he to say struggle. he develops an alcohol problem, but he already has one. He already has first one. Meet him. Um, he He's struggling at this point, uh, trying to, like, you know, when he, when he has, when he has the kid, when he has Sylvester <laughs> Jr., yeah. uh, he's struggling to, you know, uh, really make a good role model for him. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Granny has uh, the cl- has uh, some access to the Clone Watch. Uh, What's well, the to the Cinecolor? Yeah. Clone so we're not program. sure whether or not like she ended up on there and took some of the technology and is then using it, or whether or not she actually works there. Because well, we know she's got some high level clearance. Well, during the war, she worked at Lockheed. Yeah. And Lockheed, obviously, like you know, uh, you know a big part of you know weapons and uh and like aircraft manufacture yeah. during the war um and i wonder if lockheed were um in some way let to be involved with the cinecolor clone program 
Uh, or at least, or at least, like through her time at Lockheed, that's how she knows it exists. Yeah, because at this point, there are roughly, I don't know, two or three hundred Hector clones. Yep. in Granny's yard. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so that's clearly Tweety's current angle. Yeah, uh, get an army of dogs. You get can control an army of giant dogs. That, but I mean, that will stop Sylvester. Yeah, it's, but I uh, know it's just it's it's been allowed to happen. It, it's either been allowed to happen for a long time, or it's happened very fast. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine it's probably just happened very fast because like we hadn't seen, we'd seen a lot of um, Hectors in various places, but they kept getting picked up by the agency um, in dog vans. Yeah, so dog pound vans have been sort of prevalent as like agency surveillance uh, vehicles yeah because they seem to turn up and go oh there you go and that does lead us to charlie as well at this moment in time we uh we're unaware that we were going to delete the second half of the episode before putting it out so if the second half is a slightly less enthusiastic than the first half and b uh, a little more confused or we might uh wind up repeating ourselves Slightly. Uh, we're sorry, but uh, it's a week later. And, and there's uh, more car noise. And there's more car noise, but we'll, 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 we'll deal with that. We'll, we'll deal with that. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Cal. It's a uh, week later. Uh, 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 I know, right? But it's okay, because I know exactly what I was trying to talk about. Charlie the dog. Charlie the dog. Right, so Charlie the dog. At that point, I thought you were about to talk about Mark Antony, but no. you weren't. We'll get, we'll get on to Mark Antony. Charlie the dog, absolutely brilliant. Uh, he first turns up in an episode um, where he's looking for a master, and he's walking the streets of one of the cities, and uh, he comes across, well, I think it was one of his pals, and he's talking about trying to find a mask, and he's like, oh, you just you just need to find one of these rich fellas. And Porky the Pig turns up. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, but so- this is Porky the Fourth, not Porky the Third. Wrong Porky. Wrong Porky. If he'd found Porky the Third, Porky the Third would have been all over it. Um, Porky the Third, obviously, has a penchant for... Oh, had a penchant for dogs, presumably still does. Yeah. Um, Porky the Fourth tried to divorce himself from that because uh, he didn't want to be like... Like Porky, Porky the Third. Third. No, understandably, because Porky the Third was, well, maniacal, really. Um, so, I mean, that episode was just Charlie trying to get in uh, with Porky, just trying to find himself a home. And he will do anything to get himself a new master, because basically he just wants to do sod all and just lie around. Um, but then we see him pop up several times. Um, and I think the last time we saw him, yeah, the last he was one's down the south. Um, and it was... He was basically trying to replace uh, the dog Belvedere yes. with his southern master. Belvedere! Exactly. Uh, and, you know, he was just really, really hamming up his southern accent, which he doesn't have. Um, and, yeah, the end of it, it was the dog van turns up. Yeah. And he gets picked up by the dog van. So, as we were just discussing last week... Um, the dog vans, we assume, are part of the agency and they're aware that the agency either pick up sleeper agents or that they pick up um, clones or basically people that they're interested in. Yeah, I think they're sort of their uh, surveillance vans, like like yeah. in a like in uh, sort of maybe a gangster film, it would be, always be the florist's van, yes. wouldn't it? Like, yeah. I reckon it's that sort of vibe. Um, but yeah, I do, I do reckon they uh, use them to pick up, uh, I think, people with agency potential. 
Yeah, either that or like I say, like like kind of sleeper agents, agents that are already in the field that need an out, but don't want to break their cover. So, you know, especially if it's dog, it's very easy to not break your cover if you get picked up by the pound. Yeah, so uh, the other uh, dog that made us sort of believe this to be the case was Mark Antony. Yes. um, Who uh, seems to be... Uh, pro- probably a Hector clone. He's a different colour. Yeah. He's very smart. We reckon, because uh, well, we've seen some very aggressive Hector clones. Yes. And it's a very smart one. It's heard too far the other way. I think he's he's probably a bit, like, a, a bit, bit too, soft. Yes, a bit too for tame. For a super soldier. A bit too cerebral. Um, so he was, he was, uh, well, he was let go or, or escaped, but uh, he's he's living his life. But he's, he's trying to come to terms with some, I would say some, some of the bigger philosophical questions. Yeah. Um, and uh, at one point, uh, his entire worldview's turned upside down uh, by, uh, well, the, the fact that there's dogs that are scared of cats and cats that are scared of mice. Yeah. And, it and, just doesn't and, make and cats sense that won't him. eat mice at all. And, you know, dogs that won't touch cats. Absolutely. Um, but that episode ends with him actively pursuing the dog pound van. Yes. To get in. Yeah. Um, which I think is possibly when we decided that the sleeper agent thing might be a... A bit. A bit. Yeah. In that, like, he seemed aware that that was going to be something that could help him rather than... A, ba- a bad place to go. Because um, most dogs would run away from a dog pound van, not towards yeah. it. But yeah, so I'm pretty sure the agency uses the dog pound vans... Uh, like to 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 pick up either either sleeper agents in the field or uh like new like new potential yes. agents. Yeah. So while we're talking about dogs and before we move back to cats. Yeah. Uh do you want to talk a bit about insect society because it's mostly been flea centric, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we, we we have seen a lot of fleas um in various different places and they seem to be really quite chill. They and seem to very respectful. Out. Like mo- most of the time uh, cer- certainly, like socio-politically, everything we've seen in the Tooniverse has been questionable at best, yes. except for the little flea society where yeah, they've, like, they, they've got it nailed. Like they've got legislation down. Like you know, they won't do anything without a signed piece of paper. Yeah, and they, you know, it's 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 all above board, uh, and that they'll they'll live on a dog's belly, but it's perfectly pleasant they'll yep. start a little circus he's got entertainment they've got somewhere to live exactly. that's like a nice exchange yeah and it's just yeah it's just nice to see that uh like that some area of the tooniverse is quite civilized yeah uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain at one point we decided that they would never go onto a sentient animal uh i don't think uh yeah I because don't it think was when we were looking at the ghost um of red hot rider who was floating about, and a flea ended up going on him, and it was basically just kind of unclaimed land, and this flea was going on mining for blood, obviously. Yeah. The um, ghost of Red Hot Rider, of course, uh, went on to become Willoughby. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about that? Have we talked about that yet? This is the trouble when you see something... Uh, I'm fairly certain that was season episode one. a week later. You reckon we... I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain Willoughby was season one. You reckon it closed in season one, the whole thing? Uh, well, I think I think we'd already come to the point where Bugs had killed Red Hot Rider, and then that's where he became yeah, the disembodied ghost. Yeah, but we, but we saw the very end of Willoughby. Willoughby's story, didn't we? We did actually. Yeah, like Willoughby travelled from dog to dog, hoping the, the next, next dog one would be, be the, the dog home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it sort of got sort of got dumber and dumber and dumber uh, until 
Bugs basically let him have his revenge. Yeah. Uh, and uh, his unfinished business, he was allowed to leave. Yeah, and that was uh, the the dog. So that that so that that's definitely that's definitely more recent. Than it is that is definitely more recent. And that, that, that's, it was that's nice to see the closure of that though. Yeah, so cl- close close an arc there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, back to the fleas though. I just back got, to the got distracted because you t- brought up Red Hot Rider and everything. Yeah, but nice. I hadn't remembered yeah. to put in any of our sort of rundown here. We saw but the end of we saw we saw the end of that story. story. But I mean, the thing is, is like. That would be the perfect segue to talk about Bugs and his like abusive time travel, but we need to get onto that in a bit. I think that's a big. I think that's a whole. I think that's a whole thing. <laughs> it is. That's it is. No, that's not a sideline. No. <laughs> so yeah, you got, like you got the flea society, and you know that leads us to believe that the insect society as a whole um, is slightly separate from the rest of the Toon society. Yeah, I think sort of in the same way as we discovered that sort of uh, marine life. Uh, yeah, is slightly has its separate. Own thing going on. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't seen much marine life for a while, actually. No, I think the portal sort of felt the need to show us what it showed us. And then went, that's probably enough. Went, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call you when something big happens. Yeah, and then, you know, probably nothing. It's been nothing for a very long time, hasn't it? I, I don't remember any in season two, even, I don't think. No. 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 I think that was just settled. It's like, by the way, they've got their own thing going on. Let's move on. Next. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I that's pretty much all we have to say about the insect society is yeah, that just they've we, just got it nailed. And, uh, like, we should we should have known, really, because, like, very early on, we had uh, Bookworm with Sniffles, and he was, yeah. the, he was the sensible one, the civilised yeah. one. He was the bookish one. He was the bookish uh, one. And, yeah, so, so we should probably have seen something like this coming, but it was good to have it confirmed. Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose from Fleas, we can now go to Cats. Again, and we can talk about uh, Sylvester, his son. Yeah, he's got a son. Uh, who he keeps trying to show off in front of. And I think he gives his son far too many shandies while he's round. Yeah, um, like... A shandy, the drink. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to clarify. <laughs> that, is, um, that was a good thing to clarify. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think he gives them too many because his nose has gone a little bit red as well. Yeah, and this is a child. Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, And I'm a- sure the drinking laws in the Tooniverse are, you know pretty strong yeah so sylvester's got a son we presume he doesn't see him that often because a his son isn't in most sylvester episodes no and whenever he's with him like you say he's trying to show off in front of him he's trying to seem like the big man uh they know these normally coincide with a run-in with hippity hopper yeah who's a sort of like uh, a young kangaroo uh the son of of well, I presume son, maybe daughter. I don't know. Of uh, a famous boxing kangaroo. kangaroo. Yeah. Um, we also think it's one of Sylvester Junior's maids from school. Yeah, because they do seem to get along reasonably well. Yeah, and like they both seem to take pleasure in sort of tormenting dad. Yeah, just uh, dragging out these these scenarios, and they seem very aware of each other at this point. Yeah, and Hippity does tend to pretend to be a mouse and the thing is is does he pretend to be a mouse well i think he knows sylvester's confusing him with a mouse yeah because he does nothing to abash that um yeah yeah misconception and the thing is is sylvester is normally half cut and really hates mice so it's like uh, they, right, they are say. really playing up to it like at any point anybody could go look i'm a kangaroo pal like i'm 
your mate, your son's mate from school. Yeah, so I, I think this is this sort of bit is mainly the kids just sort of mucking about, yeah. and pranking him. But I don't think uh, they realise the effect it's having. Uh, the, the level of madness Sylvester's dealing with every day. Well, yeah, he's already he's already <clears throat> unhinged, but also there's a lot of time he spends dedicated to tracking down this giant mouse. Yeah. that doesn't exist because it's hippity hopper. Yeah, because he presumably thinks it's you know some dangerous thing from the the mouse cults. Yeah, when actually he could be spending that time chasing down dangerous things from mouse cults. Dangerous things yeah. from mouse cults, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to see uh, at some point soon, like really, like the, the issues with the mouse cults escalate because. Uh, these kids have distracted Sylvester from the task at hand. Either that, or we're going to see Sylvester kill Hibbity Hopper and regret it. Yeah, that may also happen. <laughs> uh, but we don't we don't know just yet. Uh, that's that's still to come. But that's sort of where Sylvester is at the moment. He's still got a lot of episodes where he's sort of hunting uh, various Tweeties, yeah, um, and and Grannies. But ultimately. They haven't really; th- those haven't really progressed much in a while. No, um, but I mean, the, the good we thing need is to work is... out exactly how many lives he's got left at some point. Yeah, and he is very hardy because literally every time he loses a life, he can't die from that again. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the probably the most recent uh, like decision we've made regarding Sylvester yeah. himself is that not only does he have nine lives and can sort of uh, as long as he's got one left can Pull try and get the in. others back yeah. in. Uh, but he can't die from the same thing twice. Yeah. So if so he died from an explosion, yeah, he's, he's immune ex- to explosions. He's explosion-proof right Bullet-proof. now. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Like, we, yeah. as- we assume scare-proof. Yeah, he can't be scared to death again. Yeah. Because um, that happened in the basement of the haunted house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where we are with Sylvester, but I don't think there's much more to say about that. Um, but it's whether or not that uh, pans out to every cat. We don't know. We don't know if it's a specific Sylvester tune power or I whether or not every cat can do that. Because we know every cat can pull lives back in. My feeling currently is that every cat can pull lives back in and every cat has nine lives because the nine lives thing is, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a classic sort of uh, thing about yeah. cats. Um, whereas the invincibility thing, I think, is probably Sylvester-centric. I think it's... Yeah, I think so. I think he's just a bit more dogged than the rest of them, a bit more tenacious. He's really got to... He's got unfinished business. He has got unfinished business. And, he's, he's, and you know, he's, 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 he's got to pull through. Hopefully hopefully he will, because someone's got to stop Tweety. Yeah. Because we know who's not going to stop Tweety. Bugs. Well, anyone else, I yeah. imagine. Bugs is not. Bugs has his own things to worry about. Should exactly. we talk about Bugs? It's a big subject. I think we should talk about Bugs, because like, from Bugs we can talk about a lot of the sort of peripheral characters that we want to get onto. Yeah, but there's a lot of characters all... that, have, that we've, you know, we've met and uh, we have some theories about, but ultimately they're not currently pushing much towards No, the, and they've all interacted the with plot. Bugs. And they've all interacted with Bugs. So, so uh, yeah, let's talk about Bugs. Where do you want to start there with this... With this, you know, uh, temporal well, criminal. What, let's just talk about how he gets his powers. Okay, let's, because, yeah, let's, let's start at the start. So, because because we discovered this one in an episode where um, he finds a genie and by the end of it, he's made a wish. Now, that wish is never divulged straight on TV because he whispers it into the genie's ear. And yeah. then suddenly he's in a harem with all these ladies and he's just 
chilling out. And it's like, is that what you wished for? Because that seems very unlikely. Uh, but then we did get a tweet from uh, Rob, who's the head of the uh, the network, um, with what must have been what was said. And it was basically Bugs wishing to be the most powerful rabbit on Earth. Which, uh, it takes him a while to discover the extent of what that meant. Yeah. Uh, because a little while, like, for a little while after the genie uh, bit and piece, uh, he doesn't seem aware of his TARDIS powers. That's time and relative dimension in soil. Uh, he, uh, he doesn't seem aware of them. It's but possible what, he never had them at that point. That's the thing. No, but after the genie, he had them. Yeah. And he gets lost a lot. And the subsequent few episodes, yes, yeah. he pops up and he's always got like a map. Go, I'm sure I did it right. Yeah, like, like, why, why am I, I not in Nebraska? And he's in the middle of Germany somewhere. Yeah. And uh, like, I think the reason for that is because he is uh, dimensionally traveling yeah. in the soil, but doesn't know he's doing it. Yes. Um, but over time, he sort of harnesses that ability and uh, can use it more specifically yeah. for his ends and means. Um it's the time travel where it really gets kind of kind of iffy. Yeah. Um, for two reasons, really. One, uh, I mean, we've got we've got a future bugs in the mix, and at this yeah. point, it seems reasonably apparent like he's a heavy abuser of this power. He's yeah. all, he's all over the place because we never really know which bugs we're looking at for a yes. long time, and like. That is a problem in and of itself, but the biggest, bigger problem has uh, arisen since uh, episodes where we've seen two different instances of bugs interact with one another. Yep. Because as soon as there are two bugses, one of them needs to be the most powerful rabbit in the yep. world. And then you end up with compounding powers. So I think that's how we got to the point where future bugs, who we have actually seen in the future at yep. this point, uh, got quite to the point he's at which is abuse of both his powers and his family. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, the amount of times we've seen, like, I mean, relatives, like his nephew. It's not his nephew, it's, it's his, nephew. his son. And like, the, then there was the last rabbit, the last little rabbit that we saw who had just, it looked like he'd been sped up in time. So like a little kind of time bubble had been cast around him where everything he was doing was infinitely faster. And it was it was horrible to see. But what we don't know about that is whether uh, Bugs's uh, manipulation of time has reached such a powerful level that he can do that to other creatures, yeah. or if Bugs's uh, offspring are just born with like tweaked temporal powers. mutations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and because I, I mean, the thing is, if if it's temporal mutations, then I love the way, by the way, that you've just gone straight in. It's the first time I've said temporal yeah, mutations, no, right. yeah, and but you've it just accepted it as a thing. Yeah, and then and are about to say something like very yeah. matter of fact about how temporal mutations work. Well, it, it's more just the fact that if it is temporal mutations, then it's not Bugs abusing his power at that point. That is just uh, an accident of happenstance, isn't it? It's just something that has happened through him reproducing. Yes. Whereas if he is consciously messed with this kid's DNA or, you know, kind of ability to move through time, then that that is that is very different to just having kids that are you know weird yeah so i mean it's either he abused his powers to an extent and abused his family yeah or 
his family uh, wind up with these mutations and he abuses that fact yeah. by sending them back in time to perform tasks for him, uh, like luring a puma <laughs> yeah, I, to, I, I, to his past self so he can recruit him to play basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's all twisted. Like, like, you know, it, like, like, it's all pretty bad, but one is definitely worse than the other. Because like, like, if I had a kid that was born with caster wheels for hands and feet, that would <laughs> be very different than if I'd, you know, given my children caster wheels for hands and feet and then made them race for some bizarre reason. <laughs> yeah. That'd be very, it, it's, a very, it's very different, but the abuse of that child is still yeah. uncalled for. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah. He's definitely abusing his family. He might be abusing his powers. Yes, exactly. We don't know which. <laughs> but that's bugs for you. He's what a champion. <laughs> what a champion. Everybody but, thinks he's great. Yeah. But, and he is great. He's awful. But he's, he's great. great. He's great in the way the of vengeful God yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah. He's great in the way that Voldemort's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair to say. I, I, I don't think there's any hyperbole in that. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, there's not a huge amount to say in terms of, like, much alteration to what Bugs is up to, he's still pretty much just trying to get everyone together for this basketball game. Yeah. Uh, he is a little more careful now interacting with his past self. What he does, because he knows carrots make him sort of complacent, he uh, just ensures indirectly that uh, past Bugs uh, always has plenty of carrots and doesn't interfere too much with stuff, and yeah. then ensures that he runs out at the point where he needs to interfere with some stuff. Because basically, I reckon Bugs gets really restless. I reckon he's the kind of guy who, like, you know, if you're talking to him and then you let him, you know, drift his off. mind drift yeah. for three seconds, That's it, he's, he's gone. Yeah, he's off like, doing something else. And so uh, I, I think, yeah, future Bugs basically sort of seeds carrots into the environment, just makes sure there's yeah. enough around. See, I, I think it's like... Um the episode of Misfits, where basically one of the characters comes back in time and he's just sat there and he's got loads of clocks uh, around the room and they're kind of countdown timers as to when specific things need to happen and he needs to go out and make them happen. But this yeah. is Bugs in the future with all these things written on. It's like, right, okay, so I need to make sure that I send this many cards back at this time so that they will run out by this point so then past me will do this and then that yeah, can it's like hero this. and heroes with all his strings just all yes. around the room. Yeah, in, exactly. Is it in Peter Petrelli's loft? Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched heroes. It has been a while. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, he's 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 got a plan, and we reckon most of that plan sits in the future. Yeah, but he is uh, making past bugs peripherally and quite passively aware of this. By yeah. basically occupying him until he needs him not to be occupied. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's still mostly just trying to recruit people to, for a basketball game. It's yeah. Still the same, same deal. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the time he just spends sort of tormenting Yosemite Sam. We don't know if that's, we don't know if that's anything to do with the basketball game or not. No, but point. he does seem to really enjoy doing it. Yeah, but I think it's because like, you know, I think they're like Bugs, not necessarily super old, but his timeline has allowed him to, you know, span a long period of time. Yes. Uh, and uh, Yosemite Sam is super old. Yes. Uh, he is very long lived. Because he's an eldritch horror from Beyond the Pale with a tentacles. And so he mustache. disguises as a mustache. Yeah. He's got hairy um, tentacles. So I think it's actually. I think it. I don't think it is for any purpose. I think Bugs. I think it's just 
oh, well, I, I, like we've been doing this for centuries. Like, yeah, it's May just as what well, we do. Yeah, it's his hobby. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Um, but he does interact with a few other like kind of big names. So we see him interact with uh, Wiley from. Um, yeah, he's uh, the Wiley and Roadrunner. He's the only time we've seen Wiley Coyote outside of the Wiley and Roadrunner uh, standard cartoons. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about where we're at with Wiley and Roadrunner? Uh, we can do because we kind of feel that it's it's not like a pocket universe um, like what's happening with Foghorn, but we can get onto that in a minute. It, it's kind of just a. I don't know, a, a, a separate section to standard Toon Society. So, I think so like it's, it's like a massive arena. I yeah, imagine so it being it's kind sort of like, like a battle Westworld. royale. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, like a Westworld. You know, sort it's, of it. it's massive. Yeah, but it is enclosed. Yeah, uh, or 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 maybe like, like the Truman Show. Yeah. In terms of like you know it's a it's a big it's a big dome with the sky painted on it. That would explain a lot. Like so, they're all they're they're within this they're well, within like, a a confined space. Yeah, like, like like the amount of times that they kind of like run into things, or how you can paint um, paint bits to look like it goes on forever, and then people can manipulate that because Roadrunner does manipulate tunnels that are painted on the side of mountains exceptionally well. Yeah, and yet Wiley can't. So, do you think that could be one of Roadrunner's powers that he's able to? Um, Basically, if something looks like a thing, that like he could jump through paintings and get... Like I've got a painting on my wall of Paris. Do you reckon if Roadrunner were here, he could probably just jump through and he'd just be in Paris? We don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Roadrunner must also just be in the game. Cause we, we, can't, we kind of got to the conclusion that it was sort of like the running man. Well, no, I think he's in the game, but the thing is he has no ability to paint Paris. And because Wiley is never painting Paris, Roadrunner's never getting to Paris, basically. So you think... Roadrunner has I think he has power. the ability to do it but because he can't paint well the thing is if it's like Running Man yeah uh, and as we've seen Wily outside of yeah the thing as well with Bugs uh, ultimately I, I think that makes Bugs uh, Wily one of the sort of one like of the chasers the stalkers yeah stalker yeah um yeah, so, and and that so he's he's got his job outside, yeah. and that's also why he thinks. Does that he's the make Roadrunner to... Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, good to know. I, I always wondered which one was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it's, and it's actually Roadrunner. Yeah, because he's the running man. Because <laughs> he is the running man. Yeah. He is. So like, yeah, I think I think I'm pretty happy with that as the idea there, and it justifies the pocket universe. It justifies seeing Wiley outside as well. Yeah, because and why he's got access to so many gadgets. Yeah. Because he but, just he a drops them in, doesn't he? Yeah, and they yeah they dropped him for him because yeah. like he's on he's on the side of the show. Yeah, like ever everyone's got their favourite stalker. Exactly, and Wiley's the only one that's yeah. there at the moment. But unfortunately, he's met his match in Roadrunner, and uh, he's been he's been at it for quite some time. What did Roadrunner do to get put in there then? Uh, he uh, because refu- Ro- he refused to mow down uh, a load of rioting uh, civilians from a chopper, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and uh, then was framed for doing exactly that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then got put into the got game. Put in the game. Well, there you go. I see no reason to diver- <laughs> like to diverge from the Arnold Schwarzenegger no. in the Running Man path until we we're given reason to do so. Seems fair. So right now, I presume that you know Roadrunner was a law enforcement agent. Uh, yeah. A, a pretty good one, but refused to mow down a bunch of innocent because he's civilians. a nice guy, really, on the inside. Yeah. And I think he's a bit screwed up in the head now and that's why he just goes me me (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I'm done with that. Because he's no, it's just he's, he's just he's reliving those events time and again. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't more them down with a gun. It was more them down in some sort of van. Yeah. And he beep beep, and yeah. he was he, he beeped to tell to tell them to get out of the way. Yeah. And that's now why he just goes beep beep. Yeah. Because he, he, forbid, he was forbidden to beep them. Yeah. Uh, to tell them to get out of the way. Yeah. And uh, so he, refused, he, he he defied that order. Bye, beep, beep. And uh, yeah. There you go. That's that. There we go. Solved. <laughs> so that's Stand right, on it. Chug, that Just right here, one. right Done. now. That's yeah. fresh. Done. It's okay, job, job. Who See, else? We're, we're making revelations now. We're not just talking about past revelations. We're making them now on <laughs> yeah. this show. Yeah. Biggin. Yeah, yeah. We're tackling the big questions. So next pocket universe then. Okay, so, uh, I mean, Bugs hasn't interacted with... Uh, these guys I don't think but no. uh, we've but, got some other people who are stuck in a temporal anomaly and uh, you know we don't know if this uh, we don't know why this has come about so it might, no. it might be something Bugs related it we might be know. and the thing is is that it might explain why Bugs has never interacted with them because you know they're, they're stuck in this loop yeah but, we're talking of course about Foghorn Leghorn Barnyard Dog and Henry Hawk but which one's Andy McDowell which one I'm pretty sure uh, Foghorn is Andy McDowell yeah so yeah. Foghorn doesn't know he's stuck in a loop. Uh, no, I don't think Foghorn knows he's stuck in a loop. I think <laughs> Henry Hawk has realised he's stuck in a loop. Right. But I think I think he might not have concluded. Like, I think it's it's more um, figurative in his mind in that like, every day his father's telling him he's not old enough to go out hunting chickens and yeah. he's, and every day he's going out to prove him wrong and it never seems to work and i don't think he's clocked on yet that it is literally the same instance of his father telling him he's not, not old enough yeah. to go out and that's why that's why henry hawk's sort of chicken hunting approach is different every time yeah and falcon and buying your dog are always basically just doing the same stuff uh and henry hawk's involvement is what sort of See, sends it down a different path. This is what I think. I think uh, Andy McDowell is the dog. Like you think buying a dog is Andy McDowell? Yeah. And um, both Henry Hawk and Foghorn are caught in their own separate bubbles, and they have to make the same day happen, like to bring Morty. them together. So, like Rick and Morty, where basically they've at one point they've separated and done something which they shouldn't have done. And that split their universe into two, and, and now they and can... now they're living the same day. And until they sync up, time yeah. time won't repair itself. And the only one that doesn't know is the dog, and that makes the dog Andy McDowell in both the <laughs> so, pocket universes. So, so Barnyard Dog is two Andy McDowells. He is, he is two Andy McDowells. Yeah. yeah, Andy McDowell squared. Yeah, uh, does <clears> that's have, what I think. Does he have to sync up as well? Well, I suppose he will. He will sync up because he because he's not doing up. anything. Yeah, as as long as they sync up. Everything else will sync up as well. Yeah, I'm reasonably happy with that. That because they they're the two characters we see do different things, um, out and they initiate the two different things. But so you think they're in two separate loops? Yes. Okay. And they have to sync those loops together and make one cohesive day to break the bubble. Okay, uh, let me ask. But we don't know how long a day. Like, is it a no, day? We is it a week? Because, is it a month? The is last it, yeah. time we saw Foghorn, he had an egg, and that Did hadn't come egg. into the mix before. No. But maybe that's just something that happens earlier in the day because that was the only time we also we've seen Barnyard Dog instigate the feud. Yes. Whereas actually, I now think we're probably just picking up in the middle of the day most of the time. Yeah. When that that occurrence, he he Foghorn would be mocked in the morning. Yeah. By Barnyard, by, Dog. Yeah, by Barnyard Dog. And like, so I actually reckon the 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 sync up 
has to be uh, a day when Foghorn actually doesn't react. He just he just goes, do you know what? Yeah. Um, Sticks and stones, mate. Egg, mate. Yeah. I've got my egg to look I got, after. I've got this egg in it. So that's Foghorn, I reckon. I think that's that's the case. What yeah. do you think Henry's I, I, bit is? Well, I, I think uh, Henry's has basically just got to go, look, Dad, how'd you gob? I got time to grow up. I got all yeah. the time that will be a good chicken hawk. And he just goes along and, I don't know, like, plays. Just goes and plays outside. Yeah, just go play outside, go play a bit of stickball with his pals or something like chase that. A hoop and with, chase a hoop with the stick yeah, down the and, dirt road. And just basically, he just, he needs to realise that his dad putting the pressure on, telling him he's never going to be a good chicken hawk. He needs to just kind of not worry about it because he's only small. Yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's, like, because his dad's massive. Exactly. Like, you know, it's it, it, it's like the, uh, the, the, the song Wayward Son. Yeah. by Leonard Skinner. He just needs to play his dad that. Maybe he should go and learn the guitar and just play his dad that and he becomes Leonard Skinner. <laughs> I mean, that's an option. Yeah. I'm not going to put as big of a tick next to that one. As... No. no good, good idea. Uh, it's good, but, it's good but not to. But ultimately, I am... I am, I am yeah, they've just got to learn happy. to I chill. Think a, I think it's another... Yeah, they just need to learn some and chill. And that'll sync them up. They'll sync them up and then hopefully they'll team up and they'll get really good at basketball. Hope so. Um... So yeah, I, mean, I think in general, it's another big tick, another yeah. big victory for this summary episode. All right, Yuck. we shouldn't watch cartoons. No, so we just just do this. Just talk until it's we'll just fixed. do summary episodes every week until Space Jam. <laughs> so it's the new, it's the new ethos. That's the new motto for season three: is the Space Jam continuum. Just talk until it's fixed. Yeah, <laughs> job done. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there's a couple more characters uh, which we do need to mention. I'm just going to say both their names, and we'll just tackle them as we see fit. So yeah, there's got- not a lot of either. Gosmer and Marvin the Martian. Uh, who, I mean, I don't know if I am misremembering, but like, I do think have some relation to one another. Uh, they definitely do. I, I think in later episodes, um, Gosmer turns up with Marvin the Martian. I think he turns up on Mars. I, I have this image of like Mars or like. Yes, yeah, uh, or futuristic esque. Well, yeah, but I remember it being like, like just dead dead black background yeah and a load of like br- like bright platforms and like yeah, yeah. and things with gosma kicking about so i mean the things we know gosma has basketball shoes we know he's quite tall he has arms with big hands uh he seems to get on reasonably well with bugs and i'm wondering whether or not some point bugs sends um marvin to uh, sorry marvin uh, gosma to mars to train some of the Mars uh, people in basketball. Well, so his in my memory, like Marvin, obviously is in those episodes. Yeah, there are Gosma is Gosma or Gosma type creatures. Yeah, and I remember some other creatures that also must be aliens. I remember having sort of rings around them, but they look like birds, like big tall, like yes. long necked birds. Yeah, yeah, they kind of look sort like dodos like wacky, with rings. Yeah, sort of like in the dodo episode or things you'd see in Wacky Land. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, kind of like that. But yeah, so I think they're aliens already. Uh, I've just had a thought now that yeah. Gosma, because he, you know, well, a like Gosma's kicking around. He's locked up in a castle. He was locked up in a castle by Peter Laurie or someone who came before. Yeah, uh, and he's, he's used to some sort there. of rudimentary security. Yeah, uh, but ultimately, as this is always framed as like, oh, he's a monster, but he's actually trying to help people out. But I think he's because he's already got his basketball shoes, right? Yeah. What if he's like? And, you know, we're, we're already talking about an end point where we know a bunch of aliens yeah. uh, like Come to Earth. Mu- mutate into, yeah. like, super, super aliens. Yeah. Uh, they were good at basketball. Is Gosmer an early... Uh, 
an early an attempt. early attempt. Possibly, because I mean, the thing is, is we do uh, we do see him. He gets shrank at one point, and we can understand him. Whereas we can't understand him at any other point. Yeah, well, he, he becomes all growly and. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas actually, when he's small, he all chatter and he's got a little suit and a briefcase, and he wanders off. You remember that? Yeah, right? like like that was basically like. We th- I think that's his regular form. Yeah, I think, that, I, think, I think that is his normal form. And he was mutated, made big, sent to Earth, presumably, but just a bit early. Presumably the last time aliens went <laughs> to a planet and decided they had to play them at basketball. Yeah, so I think, actually, you're right. I think Gosma maybe is like a more chilled out version maybe he got stuck in some sort of time loop and just learned to chill out and yeah i think he's was an early attempt fucking tick tick tick. (laughs) god we are ticking them off left right and all center we should should delete half an episode and come back a week later more often (laughs) because i tell you i tell you this last week when we recorded this half of this episode, we didn't get this no no ticks no ticks we didn't even talk about gosma (laughs) which is never a good way to pursue a tick just talk so, until it's fixed. Yeah. Talk until it's fixed. So, That's Martin the Martian. Bring it on. Yeah. So, like, Marvin, we, we've seen him on a number of occasions, especially with his little Roman dog. Well, he looks like a little Roman as well. He's got the little yeah, skirt. Yeah. He's got the, the little the, hat. A, 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 what I can only describe as literally a brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm fairly certain his shoes are fairly basketball-esque as well. Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, uh, and his dog. I think it's because his dog's got His four, dog definitely has uh, two pairs of Converse shoe. shoes on. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. So I'm wondering whether or not they've already been challenged and either won and carried on or failed, and that's why it's very Romanesque. Because maybe it's like some sort of like imperial. They've been force. they've been subjugated into this army. That's what I'm thinking. Like I'm actually thinking that they've been challenged before and lost, so and he's... maybe that's where Gosma has come from. I reckon, because yeah, we definitely, yeah, as I say, in my memory, there's there's different types of alien on the same uh, planet. Yeah, but but that would but, tie in well with the Roman Empire-esque thing, because yeah. they did move people around. Yeah. Like, like well, the Spaniard. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now. It's like, he was, a, he was a general. He was a general, and he was Spanish, by all accounts, and yeah. also Russell Crowe. Um, he was also Russell Crowe, we yes. Should, we should contact Russell Crowe. I'll put him on the list. Talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah because he, he might have some insight for us yeah as to how the Romans worked yeah, and what, what, what the aliens from the future we'll are going to be like we'll ask Russell Crowe yeah uh, so I think that's where Marvin fits in I think that's why he does what he does yeah I mean it also uh, means that he's not necessarily a Martian not necessarily no he's, he, he, well, he could be a, well like, could be from anywhere natively yeah he, like, he, like, he could be from anywhere but I think that's how Gosimer has made it to Earth I think in his mutated form, he's learned to chill, Although, and he's ended up on Earth. Maybe he is a Martian, but there's this greater space empire, and he's the Martian in the same way as Russell Crowe is the Spaniard. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Marvin, he's the Martian. the Martian. That's why they say he's the Martian, because you, you wouldn't do that no. to other Martians. No. Well, well, he presumably got his name, but he wasn't given that name. Because I don't walk Martian. around going, hail, Terran. Yeah. No, I don't do that. We should agree to start, can I, we? I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put that as a personal take. Yeah, yeah. Personal thing I need to start doing. Yeah. Pretty happy with that. Pretty happy with that. I mean, it's not it's not as big of a tick. It's still a tick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I reckon that's a good, that's a good place to to start. I think yeah. that's, I mean, I, we it, don't it, have much about Marvin the Martian because 
But we will. I mean, the thing is that like, like this, this, this amount of ticks is a great leap into season, season three. three. We've got um, some, some jumping off points. For yeah, all and, these and and we're also we're going to mix up the format a little bit as well because because I think actually that brings us up to date with the end of season two. I for me, bas- anyway, I think that's basically where we are. That's, that's the last of any sort of uh, big revelations. Like conclusions we came to. Uh, we got irritatingly close to the end of uh, nineteen fifty-two. Uh, um, yeah, we, were, uh, we were like, the, if we'd done one more episode, we would yeah. have been starting oh. in fifty-three. But that's fine. One more character, Pepe. Yeah, I don't think Pepe really adds to anything. Though. He, he, he doesn't. But the thing is, he needs he needs mentioning because he was he, he is a feature in season two. Yeah. Um, Basically, he's uh, a divorcee. Um, he's called who, Michael. He, yeah, he's called Mike. He's not called Pepe. He puts on his French accent. Um, he is, I don't know, now, now that him and his wife have split up, uh, he doesn't have the kids on the weekend, and he basically just goes out carousing. He will, he, he'll hump anything that moves. He's a deviant. And, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll he's into anything. everything. He's into everything, because like, most of his episodes uh, revolve around uh, someone sort of, uh, like another creature w- winding up being painted like a skunk. Yeah. It's been a dog, it's been a cat, it, you know, it's probably some other stuff. But like, uniformly across all of them like although we're led to believe it's because they got painted up like a skunk yeah he's absolutely aware they are not a skunk of course and he wears many costumes and he wears many costumes like at least once he wore a uh dog costume and he unzipped the dog costume revealing he was pepe Le Pew, the skunk yeah and then late in the episode when he realized that the uh, thing he was after was a dog painted like a skunk. Yeah. He took off a Pepe Le, his Pepe Le Pew outfit to reveal he was, in fact, a dog. Yeah. And presumably under that, yeah, he's it, Pepe Le Pew the exactly, skunk. Yeah. It's like Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Where they're just there's mask too many after masks. mask after mask. And you're like, who's who? Uh, but yeah, he basically, he's a sex pest, but he's never went full bad. Yeah. We've, we've never ne- seen him. Yeah. We've never seen him go that far. He He is. Like, we do not approve of the actions of Pepe Le Pew. No. But we have been consistently relieved... That he's not a rapist. That he's not a rapist. Yeah. Um, and he actively seems quite scared of um, forceful females as well. He seems to run away as, as soon as they like him. Yeah, he's not... He, he's like, ha, no, I'm yeah. off. Which, Especially uh, if they smell. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a bit... Maybe that's why when his missus broke it's up. It's a bit much. But yeah, he doesn't really add much to the story. We just no, needed to mention him. Exactly, because he uh, was there, wasn't he? But the important, yeah, the important take-homes is that he's not called Pepe Le Pew, he's not French, he's a middle-aged divorcee called Michael, yeah. and he goes carousing on the weekends, and he is very uh, um, adventurous yeah. sexually. He's into everything. He's into everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, that's, I think that pretty much covers it. I think it does. Um, Have we managed to record it all this time? Uh, I mean, it looks okay right now. That's good. <laughs> so, presuming this is all recording, yeah. let's look forward uh, to season three. Okay. Which uh, we thought we'd have a week off before, but actually this is that week off. Yeah, so, and we didn't have a week off. We did half of an episode. <laughs> yeah. We did. Oh, we did Stressed half. out about it and yeah. then sod, sod it. <laughs> Went stormed out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we've collected ourselves now. We've got some strong stout. Yeah. Uh, that's helping. Mm. Um so, let's look forward to season three a bit. Um, okay. We know that past a certain point, the density of uh, episodes for us to watch is going to drop off. Yes. We don't know if that's going to be during season three or or possibly possibly the season after. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, 
but uh, in preparation for that, uh, we're going to try and rejostle the format a bit. Yeah. Um, in some ways that will massively affect the way we do things and others that won't. Uh, yeah. One that will massively affect the way we do things is uh, we're going to we're, we're going to try and do the, the social media, aren't we? We're going to give it a go. Like if we set it. like alarms and stuff, I think that help. We're going to try and do that every week. Yeah, like social every, media. Every time, every time we do an episode, actually do that. And the good thing that if we do it. Right, if we do the social media, people can help us out by like retweeting things that we tweet, yeah, um, or you know sharing things that we share. You can't retweet a tweet that doesn't exist. Exactly, because that's just called tweeting about something that's so not. So that's there. that's resolution one. Tweet things. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the social media. Yeah, that's 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 the first big thing. Secondly, we're gonna. I think. Well, there's a couple of free features we want in. Yes. One we've talked about a fair bit towards the end of this series, but I think we'll we'll start it properly uh, in earnest uh, next yep. week in season three. Every week we're going to be trying to get into contract uh, contract. Well, maybe if I mean yes, yeah. hey yeah, uh, you, you, you want to contract us in to contact and ideally contract yeah with LeBron James. Yes, uh, he needs our help. Uh, you guys can help us uh, with that as well. Yep. But I think each week we're just going to you know try another avenue of trying trying to make that relationship so, work. Are we going to call this section hashtag help us help, help LeBron? I think it's going to be help us help LeBron. Yeah. Uh I think we'll we'll start with that. Um and yeah, just each week's like it's like okay, well who who might be uh you know who might be more, able to help us help LeBron. Yeah, who might be able to help us help LeBron? Like Will Smith. Yeah, I have written on this <clears throat> tweet Will Smith, but I don't know why I wrote it. Because of this, cuz Will Smith's banging. Okay, that's just it. It's just yep. like it's just uh, another another Dwayne Johnson because <laughs> I think he's banging. So it's just um, people who are banging. Yeah, right. And and quite big in the old uh, you know cinema side of things. Well, I think the key is I think the key is going to be people who are going to be more receptive of more receptive of our uh, our work and our ideas. Yeah, and Oscar winning work and also people to whom LeBron James is going to be more receptive of their suggestion. Okay. Us suggesting to LeBron James that he listen to us... Not, not, not enough. Not going to happen. No. But Bill Murray... Oh, uh, yeah. Bill. Uh, talking to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Talking to LeBron James. Because, I mean... Telling who, him he should listen to... Who doesn't respect Michael Jordan? Exactly. Everyone. Exactly. That's just, that's yeah. just the way of things. Exactly. Uh, and, like... But, you know, we'd struggle to get in contact with him. But Bill Murray might be quite receptive to our nonsense. We he might know. be, yeah. Like, they're the kind of avenues we're looking to explore. Yeah. It's basically just trying to find a chain to LeBron James that starts with someone who might be... Interested in what interested we're about. in what we're saying. Yeah. And ends in someone who can get LeBron interested in what we're saying. So or- that's that's going to be a weekly feature. We'll pick an avenue and we'll, we'll really go to town on it. Yeah, for, we'll, for we'll see what week. we can do. We'll, we'll compose tweets live on air. Yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's an important part of it. I yeah. think yeah. That's, so that's the feature. We're we're like we're gonna discuss a plan, put our plan in action, put that plan into action then and there, and that might help us with the social media bits because yeah, at least we'll if we do that, do we'll have done something. We'll have to do it while you're all listening, and uh, you know you can you can tell us when we haven't done it. Yeah, hold us accountable. So I think <laughs> another thing we'd like to start doing, uh, as much really for us as for for you guys, is uh. Just at the end of each episode, really, like, 
just summarise in a couple of minutes exactly what's happened. And we've seen how well summarising's worked in this episode. Exactly. So. Uh, but it just means that when we have to go back and check... Uh, Certain facts. Tiny, tiny things that we did settle on as fact, uh, they're, they're, they're easy to find. Yes. Uh, and we can try and start dragging this disparate mess we call the Space Jam Continuum together into something uh, a bit more coherent. Yeah. Uh, because... That was the plan. Because I, I often just remember things suddenly and go, we haven't we haven't been considering that. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. So the, the biggest one for me this season was the mice baby elephants situation. Yes, yeah, yeah. Whereas like if that was, you know, if that had just been, you know, that uh, there was easily findable uh, when looking back, I think that would have helped a lot. Yeah. So we're going to try and uh, just just tie the episodes together a bit better at the end. Um. Quite often now, because we've got a lot of characters we're following. Yeah. Uh. We uh, need a little recap on what they're about. Yeah, so I think character if, profiles. I think if we hit a character who we haven't seen in a while, uh, we'll do a little featurette on just that character yep. before launching into it. Uh, before launching into like new episodes regarding them, um, we sort of do it already, but it's a bit haphazard. Yes, we're we're, we're going to try and just you know Streamline take a pause. It. Let's collate all the all the data on Claude. Yeah, and uh, like you know, here's a little you know one minute rundown of what Claude's about before we go in. It, it should hopefully also make the podcast more listenable at just any stage for a newcomer. Yes, uh, which I think is important. I think it is important because it, uh, much though these summary episodes are are pretty good for just getting caught up to speed. They happen once a year. Ultimately, yeah, they had they happen once a year, <laughs> uh, and. I think it would be, yeah, pro- probably easier if just, you know, we had little featurettes. I so, think that's a good idea. So there's that. Uh, and then we're going to try and do some, uh, we're trying to get some uh, video stuff uh, going on YouTube. Uh, yep. I mean, already uh, all our back episodes are slowly going up onto the YouTube channel, but uploading them takes ages. Um, so the, the Kaiju FM uh, YouTube channel, there's all the episodes of the uh, podcasts on the network are going up there but we're going to try and do some supplementary stuff as well um and also just some playlists of like the songs we uh we we put on the episodes yeah because, we're going to try uh, and get them up on the old spotify because we've because we found we found some found some we've, great stuff we've had some awesome music but ultimately like hopefully both of those things will be uh a stepping stone to just doing a bit more supplementary stuff <laughs> uh and a bit more just you know fun weird shit on the side yeah um so uh yeah like that less fully formed of a notion but ultimately like start doing some stuff alongside just the podcast that you can you can all delve into and and the thing is if if you have the old social media and you have any ideas that you think would work you know that we haven't already mentioned just get in touch you know if if we like the sound of them as like ideas for episodes then you know we'll we'll give them a swing and see what happens yeah um also like we'd like to gauge interest about maybe doing sort of like roundtable discussions at yep. some point, like just on YouTube. Either either we ask a question for the week, and you can all like get involved thoughts on it, and we'll collate those all together uh, into you know little things. So like you know some pressing question, and everyone can share theories on it. Yeah. Uh, so a little Q and A sort of situation. Then uh, yeah, like things like that. Just and we, uh, other we, ways to 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 share these discoveries uh, with you, and also to get. Uh, all you guys input on 
on, yeah, on things that which on is always nice. Gone on. But I think we should try and make um, some sort of like conscious efforts to maybe go along to like podcast conventions and try and press the flesh. Yeah, you know, so, get out there. Yeah, let people meet our faces. Yeah, not the rest of us though. No, no, just the face. Just the face. Just I'm going. I'm going to be dressed in a, like a box. With yeah, just with just your face out, there. Yeah, like one of those things you get at the seaside. Yeah, one yeah. of those uh, pictures you put your face in. Yeah. So <laughs> look forward to that. Um, <laughs> but not a picture, just a black box. But yeah, basically, basically we're just going to try and, you know, jostle the format up a bit and and try and collate everything a bit more coherently. Um, and then tweet about it. And then, and and then tell people it's actually happening. Bits, yeah. uh, so that is, the, that is the quest for season three, <laughs> along with helping us help LeBron. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end of season two, a week later than we'd intended. Um <sighs> Uh, thanks for sticking with us. It's a real shame we didn't manage to make two years without missing a week. Yeah. Uh, but we nearly did it. We nearly did. I mean, we recorded. Just didn't yeah, get we out tried. there. Didn't get out there. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I still think we've done pretty well. And hopefully we can uh, we can get back on track. Uh, I hope so. From, from next week onwards. And, uh, and power forward. Uh, as ever, we are going to finish uh, with a song. Uh... We have uh, Ella Fitzgerald, because it's Ella Fitzgerald, isn't it's it? It's good, Nat. Uh, also, uh, so I originally uh, picked this one uh, because we, ju- we've we done a lot of work, and I thought, like, no matter how it ends, yeah. they can't take that away from us. No. But uh, apparently... But now, yeah. I know that they can, mm-hmm. and I considered changing the song choice, but I'm not going to, because it's a banger. So this is uh, Ella Fitzgerald uh, with You Can't Take That Away From Me. And uh, we'll see you next season, which is really soon. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye. The way you wear your hat The way you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no can't take that away from me The way your smile just beats The way you sing off key The way you haunt my dreams No, no, they can't take that away from me We may never, never meet again dance till three the way you've changed my life no no they can't take that away from me no they can't take that away from me the way you wear your hat you sip your tea The memory of all that No, no, they can't take that away from me The way your smile just beams The way you sing off key The 
way you haunt my dreams No, no, you can't take that away from me We may never, never meet again On the bumpy road to love Still I always, always keep the memory of The way you hold your knife The way we dance till three The way you change my life No, no, they can't take that away from me No Take down. 